Last year, a team of UN officials attempted to enter Australian jails, but the group that were tasked with torture prevention weren't given the access that they needed. Overnight, they announced they're giving up on returning here, instead opting to visit South Africa, the Philippines, Palestinian territories and Kazakhstan. Australia's Human Rights Commissioner, Lorraine Finlay, joins us this morning. Welcome back to Breakfast. Thanks for having me on this morning, Patricia. What reasons did the UN give for terminating its visit? Well, can I just say it's profoundly disappointing that the UN have terminated the visit, but, you know, It's neither unexpected nor, can I say, undeserved, given the continued delays and failures around the implementation of OPCAT. And you might remember when the UN SPT, the Subcommittee for the Prevention of Torture, first suspended the visit back in October, they specifically cited a lack of cooperation by two states, New South Wales and Queensland. And in their statement last night, they stated that they were left with no choice but to terminate the visit because assurances of future access and cooperation simply hadn't been provided to their satisfaction. So even though there was a warning that there was a lack of cooperation, essentially nothing has been done to cooperate since that warning was made? Well, this is the really tricky thing. It's not that nothing has been done. Australia has made progress in terms of its OPCAD implementation and certainly in terms of the SPT visit, there was cooperation on a range of fronts but there seem to be these sticking points and there has been continued delay, not just in relation to the SPT visit, but actually back since 2017 when Australia first ratified OPCAT. One of the real disappointments about Australia's approach to OPCAT is we simply haven't approached this treaty with the urgency that it deserves. And as it stands at the moment, you know, Australia missed our OPCAT implementation in debt, um, op- OPCAT implementation deadline in January. The UN SPT has now terminated its visit. That's two strikes against Australia in relation to OPCAT in the last few months. And we really need to reflect on what's happened. And I'd call on all governments, federal, state and territory, to urgently come together and think about the immediate tangible steps that need to be taken to get Australia back on track when it comes to OPCAT. Can can you just explain to our listeners who might not be across the details of all of these agreements of what OPCAT obliges us to do that we haven't done? Sure. Well, OPCAT obliges countries that have signed up, and there are over 90 nations around the world who've signed up to OPCAT, to establish a nationwide system of independent oversight monitoring bodies for all places of detention. And so Australia has some of those already with ombudsmen and other groups that monitor prisons and immigration detention centres, other places of detention. But OPCAT goes one step further and requires you to put in place preventive mechanisms to safeguard human rights and actually make sure that in places of detention, abuse and mistreatment doesn't occur. So Based on this cancellation, does that demonstrate it's more difficult for the UN to work with governments in our country, in Australia, than those in South Africa, Kazakhstan, Philippines and the Palestinian territories? Well, the really unfortunate thing about this is it obviously has direct impact on people in places of detention who don't have the safeguards now that OPCAP provides. But more importantly, it actually has a broader impact in terms of damaging Australia's international reputation. And it really undermines our global leadership when it comes to human rights, because what this says is that when Australia makes a promise through a human rights treaty, well, in this case, we haven't actually kept our word. 
How damaging is it to our international reputation? Well, I think there's no doubt that it does have damage or it does damage our reputation. You know, Australia wants to be a global leader when it comes to human rights, but it's really hard to um, to take on that leadership and to advocate on behalf of human rights when we're not meeting our own international commitments. And again, this isn't something that was unexpected. We ratified this treaty back in 2017. We knew the UNSPT was likely to conduct visits. They were originally meant to visit us in 2020. And when they visited last October, they gave us a warning about the need for assurances and cooperation. And yet they've still felt they had no option but to terminate the visit. It's really disappointing and it's damaging for Australia's broader reputation when it comes to human rights. You said that it undermines our other work around human rights. If we're not being a leader or not adhering to agreements that, that we, we lessen our value on, on or our, our gravitas and our impact. Mm. Talk me through that. What are you worried the implications of this will be? Well, I think the core worry is that it's in Australia's strategic interest to have a stable rules-based international order. That means we expect other countries to play by the rules and to keep the promises that they make. And naturally, we need to do that as well. I don't think we can expect other countries to open themselves up to scrutiny if we're not if we're not able ourselves to subject ourselves or if we're not willing to subject ourselves to that scrutiny. So it undermines our broader human rights advocacy because, to be quite frank, as things stand at the moment, we're in breach of our OPCAT obligations. We haven't done what we'd said we'd do. And again, I think that has implications not only for the people in detention who need those safeguards and need those assurances that mistreatment and abuse won't be occurring while they're in detention, but also more broadly in terms of what it says about Australia's approach to its treaty obligations and uh, the value that can be attached to the promises Australia makes on the global stage. Is it fair to single out both New South Wales and Queensland as the real main culprits here? Well, the UNSPT has singled out New South Wales and Queensland as states that weren't able to provide the necessary cooperation. But I think rather than singling out any one state or territory, I actually think all governments, federal, state and territory, need to share responsibility for our failures on OPCAT. They need to come together and they need to address this issue because this isn't something that's arisen overnight. It's not something that happened just because of one visit by the UNSPT. We ratified OPCAT back in 2017. We've had years to get this sorted out and we haven't managed to fully implement our obligations. So where does this leave us now? The visit is cancelled. Um, other nations, uh, other other places around the world have been identified now to, to work with their OPCAT obligations. Are we just out? What happens? Well, there is one really important immediate step, Patricia, and that's that the UNSPT have confirmed last night that they will be providing a report to the Australian government detailing the observations that they made on their visit before it was suspended. Now, we would call on the Australian government when they receive that report to make it public in the interests of transparency and accountability. And that will give us a good guide as to what more we need to do to move forward with OPCAT. And is that report handed to the federal government? Just explain the mechanics here. Obviously, we're a federation. It's a complicated system. It is indeed. It is handed to the federal government and the usual practice 
for this UN body is to keep the reports confidential, noting, however, that the government itself is able to release the report. So we do think it's important that this report is released so that Australians can understand exactly what the UN SPT observed while they were here. And then we also think there are other steps that need to be taken in relation to OPCAD. And the Australian Human Rights Commission produced last October a roadmap to OPCAD implementation that laid out five key recommendations that needed to be implemented to ensure that we comply with those basic obligations. So you're calling on the federal government to release it. Do we know the time frame it would be delivered in? No, we don't. And the UNSPT hasn't confirmed a time frame. Um, but certainly we think when it does come, it should be released. And in the meantime, we think there are very clear steps Australia can take to implement OPCAT. And the fact that the visit's been terminated doesn't release us from our OPCAT obligations. We're still obliged under this treaty to establish those oversight mechanisms, to fully resource them, and to take preventive steps to make sure that basic human rights are met in all places of detention across Australia. What would you like the Attorney-General Mark Dreyfus to do? Does this this require an emergency meeting of uh, state and territory counterparts? I think it requires both an emergency meeting but also tangible steps to come from that meeting. There's been a lot of talking over a lot of years about OPCAT and what we need to do, and I think the decision last night from the UNSPT is a very clear wake-up call to Australia that we need to do more and we need to give this the priority that it deserves. Just briefly before I let you go, um, Human Rights Commissioner, can we shift to Queensland's (laughs) changes to juvenile justice laws? Queensland, one of the Mm -hmm. states identified in uh, the OPCAT um, negotiations. The state government says children can now be charged with criminal offences for breaching bail. Is that appropriate? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm a former state prosecutor, so I absolutely understand the need to reduce crime and protect the community. And I understand the community's concerns around that. But we also know that these types of responses don't actually address the underlying root causes of crime. And unless we can address those root causes, we're not going to solve the problem. So my view is simply putting more kids into a youth detention centre that we already know is in crisis is only going to make the problem worse and it doesn't actually achieve the long-term solutions that we need in this area. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Australia's Human Rights Commissioner Lorraine Finlay there and you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.